0: glory to God. Exodus 17, 8. If you could sum up the entire Exodus, it could be summed up very simple. Our providential God takes his people from bondage. He frees them to take them to a promised place. If you could just take the whole book of Exodus and sum it up in a few simple words, it would be this. Our providential God, he takes his promised people. He frees them. And he takes them into a promised place. How many are grateful that our God is providential? Hallelujah. He sees and he does. How many are grateful that our God, that he protects, but he provides? Come on now. How many are grateful that our God does a great work through his people, that he frees from bondage to take us to a promised place? Exodus chapter 17, verse number 8. And if you're there, say, you're doing a great work, Jesus. You're doing a great work. And Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. Everybody look at me, the Amaleks. They are descendants of Esau. And perhaps you know the story, how Jacob and Esau, they wrestled in their mother's womb. Maybe you know the story. Perhaps you know the story about Jacob who deceived his brother out of his birthright. Amalek. He's a descendant of deception. He's a descendant of a man who gave up his birthright for a bowl of soup. Wow. And now Amalek is fighting. And it's very interesting when you study the text, what you find out in Deuteronomy 25 that they went after the feeble and the faint. They were not a gracious enemy. No, they weren't. They went after Israel's weak. They went after those in Israel who were faint and tired in the journey. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine coming out of bondage and you've seen God deliver you from bondage? You've walked across a Red Sea. You've seen manna come from heaven. You've seen water come from a rock and your cousins are beating up on you now. Can you imagine it? And Amalek, they would have been a little bit upset, not just because... Israel was favored over them they would have been upset because this region this was a region where they felt like it was the best of their pasture and they begin to fight so what does Moses do let's look at the text verse number 9 so Moses said to Joshua this is the first time in scripture we see Joshua it's amazing that he did not go to boot camp nor was he a part of MMA no he wasn't but Moses looks at Joshua. He looks at a young man who later on we would find out would take the people into the promised land. He looks at him and he says, Joshua. Out of all the people he could call out, he called out Joshua. And what does he tell him to do? Let's see. Choose for us men. Go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill. With the staff of God in my hand. Everybody look at me. Can you picture this? Can you picture Moses telling Joshua to do something that I don't believe he was able to do? Because this was perhaps uh, two months after they were delivered from bondage. How in the world did Joshua learn how to fight? How in the world did Joshua learn how to defend himself when he was just in bondage two months ago? How in the world could Moses look at him and perhaps he felt inadequate, perhaps he didn't feel like he had the ability, but he said, look, we're under attack and this is what I want you to do. I want you to grow and grab some men. And guess what's going to happen? Tomorrow I'm going to go up to the hill with the staff of God. I am going to have in my hand the thing I threw in front of Pharaoh and it became a snake. I'm going to have in my hand the thing that I pointed in front of a Red Sea and it opened up. I'm going to have in my hand the staff of God that I hit a rock and water came out. I'm going to remind the people that God is with us how in the world did Joshua get all that skill? maybe it was because he had a will and I don't know who you are in here maybe you've you've lost your will to fight maybe you've lost your will to battle I want to encourage you today that the battle is not yours it is the lords. He will teach your hands to war. He will teach your fingers to fight. I know there's somebody in here that will say, you know what, I was in bondage, but I learned how to praise. I learned how to worship. I learned how to give God glory. I realized that my battle wasn't against people. It wasn't against flesh and blood. It was against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness and high places. Do I have a worshiping warrior in here today that will say, I was in bondage, but I learned how to worship and God's taught me how to fight my battles, because victory, victory is mine. Come on now, if you just hold your peace and let the Lord fight your battle. Do I have a witness in here? Victory, uh, victory today shall be mine. I want you to see this for a second. Go ahead, Pastor Aaron, let me show you how this worked. While Pastor Aaron goes up there with his team, let me show you. Moses went up to the hill, right? In the text, you see it? Wow. <laughs> Moses went up to the hill, and whenever Moses held up his hand, I want you to see this. Now imagine fighting right now. You're fighting. You've never even learned how to fight, but you're fighting. You're fighting. You're fighting. You're fighting. Uh huh. <laughs> Can you imagine it? Can you imagine your cousins fighting against you? You're fighting. You're fighting. And while you're fighting, what do you see in your peripheral? You see the reminder that God is with you. You see the reminder that the one that set you free from Pharaoh, he is with you. So you're fighting and you're looking and Moses has his hands up and when he has his hands up, you're looking and you're like, yes, I remember God is with me. But what does the scripture say? What happens? He got what? What happens when you get tired of worshiping? See? So, what, the, what did Aaron and her do? Aaron and her, what did, what did Aaron and her do? They went to go get a stone, right? Come on now, I want you to get the chair. You got to see it. I want you to picture being in a fight, and I want you to picture looking and seeing and being reminded of your deliverance. And then, what does Aaron and her do? Yeah. 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 They sit him down, and he rests on a rug. I said, what did he rest on rock. Uh, This has to remind me of a rock that said something. Yes. There was a rock that said, all you that are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Uh, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy, easy. and my burden yes. is light. How many are grateful you can rest on Jesus today? Yes. Yeah. And his hands stayed up. And what happened? Joshua got the victory. Let's thank God for the men. Let's thank God for them. Thank you, men. Thank you, men. Glory to God. I want to talk to the worshiper that's weary today. I want to talk to the one today that you're tired of reading your Bible. You're just tired of church folk. Uh-huh. I want to talk to the one that says, I didn't know the battle would be this long, Jesus. Jesus. I got my hands up, Lord, but I'm getting tired. I have my hands up, Lord, but I'm getting weary. I want to talk to the one who is so weary, so tired and well-doing. You're weary and well-doing. I want to encourage you with this text. Who do you have around you that's helping you put your hands up? I want to encourage you that your greatest strength right now is your weakness, because I heard the Apostle Paul say that your his strength is made perfect when you are weak. If you're willing to be weak, God will bring people around you to keep your hands up, because when you keep your hands up, Joshua will win the battle. Look at someone and ask them the question, what are you fighting for? Let us continue here in the text. Let us continue here. Verse 12, when Moses' hands grew weary, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it, while Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. Please look at me. This word overwhelmed, it means to utterly destroy And I came by to encourage you today that we see many types and shadows of Christ in the text. Moses as the intercessor. How many know that Jesus, he sits at the right hand of the Father and he makes intercession for you. Yahshua, Joshua. He is the one who is the captain of your salvation. And how many know that Jesus utterly destroys your enemies? How many are grateful that we serve a God who gives us the ability to fight? He gives us the ability to battle and it's within the context of community that you can touch and agree with somebody and they will hold your hands up so you can see the next generation get victory. How many are grateful that God gives victory to our children's children? Oh yes, he does. So what else happens here in the text? Let us look and see. Verse 14, then the Lord said to Moses, write. This is the first time in scripture we see that God tells a man to write this as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ears of Joshua. God says to Joshua, I want you to write this down. Many scholars believe that here we're talking about the Pentateuch. We know that's the Greek word for the Torah. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So we are writing what we are reading right now what Moses wrote down. And he wrote it down. Why? As a memorial. Why? So that he can recite it in the ears of Joshua. My question is this. What are you writing down to begin to speak to the next generation? What is your vision? What are you writing down so that your children can hear and they can be able to say faith comes by hearing in hearing by the word of God? What are you writing down right now in your own life? Because I will testify the greatest thing that you can give to your children is your prayer journal. There's nothing wrong with wanting to give an inheritance, but the best thing that you can possibly give is your prayer journal. Your prayer journal that you can record how God moved in your life. Your prayer journal that you can write down and say, Lord, I thank you. I was about to give up. My hands got weary, Lord, but you kept me worshiping. Come on now, do I have somebody in here that would say, I want to give something to my children's children to recite it in their ears? So that the next generation can hear. So what does Moses do in verse number 15? What does he do? Verse 15. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it. The Lord is my banner." It's only the second time in all of the Biblios that we see an altar built. We see in Exodus. We see in Genesis 33. We see that Jacob built an altar. And he called on God, the God of Israel. But here we see that Moses, he builds an altar. Why does he do it? He does that so every generation can look and be reminded that when they struggled, God delivered. When they didn't know how to fight, God delivered. When they didn't know how to pray, God delivered. When they didn't know how to fast, God delivered. When they didn't have the answers, God delivered. How many are grateful that he is our fortress? He is our deliverer. He is the ever-present help in the time. trouble he is the one that is able to deliver us even in the midst of the storm. he says you are my banner he did not say that the rod was the banner he said Jehovah Nisi you are my banner you are my victory how many are grateful that Jesus Christ is your victory come on put your hands together I'm grateful today I'm grateful today That he is our victory. What else happens in the text? Let's go to the next verse, verse 16, the last one, and then I'll start preaching, if I may. (laughs) Saying, a hand upon the throne, or banner, in some of your translations they'll say banner, of the Lord, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. We see this prophecy fulfilled in the life of, Of Sam in the life of Saul and David but we saw it completely revealed in the life of Hezekiah so what happens is this God is saying because enemies came against my people I am going to utterly destroy those that come against my people I am going to utterly destroy the adversary that comes against my people. There are three things I want you to take home today. The first thing is this. Number one, I want you to look at this point. This is the first point. Point number one, what are you fighting for? Look at somebody and ask them, what are you fighting for? Listen, church, if you want to know what your vision is, you got to fight for it. If you want to know what your vision is, you have to be willing to say, God, what is the thing that I am willing to fight for? What right now in your life that you would say, God, I am going to fight for this. Jesus said it like this. He said no greater love than a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus was willing to fight for us by laying down his life for us. If you are not willing to die for it, you really don't have a vision. You know when you have a vision. Let's break it down. What is vision? Vision is a picture of the future that creates passion. What is vision? Vision is when God pulls you close and he whispers in your ear, do you see what I see? What is vision? Vision is God's fuel to take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. And we are in the second message of our series, Honoring the Past, to fuel the future. We honor the past just like the children of Israel. They saw the rod. They honored the past. Why? Because they realized they had to fight for their future. I'm wondering if I have some worshiping warriors in here today that says I'm fighting for my children, I'm fighting for my family, I'm fighting for my marriage. What are you fighting for? I want us to see point number one in the text. What are you fighting for? Let's look at the first point, please. See if we can pull. Here we go. Let's see if we can pull this up. The first point. Fight for your promised land. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Fight for your promised land. With every blessing, there's a battle. Fight for your promised land. I'm wondering if I have some warriors in here that says, Pastor, I'm fighting. But the weapons of my warfare, they're not carnal. But they're mighty through God. It's very interesting in the text. What we see is the Amalekites, they picked a fight with the Israelites. And I grew up on the east side of Detroit and I found myself in a lot of fights, y'all. I found myself in a situation when I was a young man. I was 11 years old and I was in my community and the the gang that ran my community was the Loco Boys. And the local boys, they were led by a guy by the name of Rocky, and, and people, they were fighting in front of Rocky's house. It was a big crowd. And I'm just riding my bike, and as I'm riding my bike, I didn't want them to see me because I knew that they would want me to fight. So Rocky, he saw me. He said, come here. <laughs> and as I began to walk up to the house, I begin to remember that my dad taught me how to box. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me today. <laughs> So church, I realized that I was pretty good with my mitts. Uh-huh. Yes, 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 yes. You'll get it if you ain't from the hood, it's all right. Yes, yes. But I was afraid that if I hurt one of Rocky's family members, he would hurt me. So he wanted me to fight his little cousin, and we, we began to go at it. So I'm just thinking, if I dodge a little bit, I'll be all right. And then he hit me once, and he hit me twice. And then I began to take care of him. I began to move, uh-huh. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Watch this. And when I knocked them down, I ran and I took the gloves off and I ran home, y'all. I ran in the house huffing and puffing. My mom said, what's wrong with you, boy? I said, I just got into a fight, and uh, the guy, he coming out over here to fight me. She looked at me and said, boy, you better get out there and See some of y'all got mamas like mine. She said you better get out there and fight. And I'm telling you sometimes the enemy will pick a fight with you, but you need to say today, I'm fighting back with the sword of the spirit. I'm fighting back with the helmet of salvation. I'm fighting back with my feet covered with the gospel of peace. I'm fighting back with the shield of faith. I'm fighting back with the word of God. Come on now. Look at somebody and say you better fight. Fight for your family. Fight for your marriage. Fight for your community. Fight for for your church. Fight! Look at somebody and say you better fight. Don't give up because the battle is not yours. It is the Lord's. You better fight for your mind. Fight for your heart. Fight for your purity. You Back, you better fight back. You better fight back. Point number two. Second point. Point number two. What is your battle plan? You see it in the text. You see that God gave Moses a battle plan. What was his plan? His plan was to choose men. Do I have some men in the house? Whatever happened to men that would walk the community and pull people out of crack houses? Do I have some men in the house? Do I have some men in the house that know how to worship and know how to have? hand to hand combat I said hand to hand combat, do I have some men that know how to seek the Lord while he may be found, do I have some men that know how to call on him while he is there come on now, I said do I have some men in the house men that know how to fight in prayer men that understand against flesh and blood, men that understand the weapons of their warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, do I have some men in the house that say it is written I will walk in the power of God it is written, I'm the head and not the tail above only and not beneath, do I have some masters, men in the house that will say Lord if you are for me and more than the world against me Do I have some men in the house that are willing to win their families? Men in the house that are willing to live pure? Men in the house that are willing to do something for the next generation? I said, Do I have some men in the house? Men that are willing to worship when everybody else is laughing? Do I have some men in the house? Men that are ready to battle when everybody else is giving up? Do I have some men in the house? Men that know how to worship in the good times, men that know how to worship in the sad times, men that know how to disciple their families, men that know men come on do I have some men in the house a man that understands what it is to seek the face of God a man that understands how to worship and not get weary a man that understands how to seek him with all of their heart mind soul and strength do I have any men in the house men that are willing to say if God be for me it is more than the world against me come on man, put your hands together and give him glory oh yes oh yes You may be seated God's battle plan are anointed men so our city is dilapidated because our men are dilapidated That's it. Come on, come on, come on. if you drive down 48227 the reason why it's broke down is because our men are broke down the reason why our kids their pants are sagging because our men their lives are sagging I need some men men that are bold as lions isn't it interesting that the history of god's word is a history of god calling men together ah if you look at david he had his mighty men. he had men like benadiah a man that can jump into a pit on a snowy day and he can kill a lion with his bare hands i'm wondering if i have some lion slayers in here men that will say i'll do whatever it takes i'm willing to do what the world says i can't do Isn't it interesting that God's word, it's a whole history. It's a history of God calling men. Remember Jesus? He called the apostles close to him to be with him. I'm wondering if I have some men in here that say, you know what, pastor? I want to turn this community upside down. I want to see this community changed by the power of God. I want to see this community healed by the power of God. There's too much power in here for this community to be the same. There's too many men in here for this community to be the do I have some men in the house that are willing to be vulnerable so when hands get weary we can hold each other up. Men that are willing to hold each other's hands, and watch this, because our obedience is connected to the next generation's victory. Joshua received victory because Moses had his hands up. Because Moses, point number three. Mm -hmm. Who is your Joshua? Who is the person that you are saying I'm going to give everything to? Who is your Joshua? If you want to see your vision come to pass, God has a preordained work that he has placed in you. Your providential God. He has whispered in your ear. If you want to see that come to pass, the first thing you need to do is you need to say, I'm fighting for it. The second thing you need to do is say, I have a battle plan. The third thing you need to do is say, you know what, God, I got to give everything over to a Joshua. Who's your Joshua? Or in other words, how are you pouring into the next generation? How are you pouring into how are you giving everything to the next generation? Moses was willing to write it down. The problem is many of us are so caught up living for ourselves. That's why we're always depressed. The issue is many of us are so focused on ourselves, we can't see anybody else. But when you are willing to say, I got to find a Joshua, I got to find somebody in the next generation. I need to find somebody that I can teach how to be able to do the things God has called me to do. When you are able to look at the next generation, God can begin to multiply the movement. How many know that God is a God of multiplication? He wants to multiply the movement. God has selected you, Evangel. He selected us. He put us in 48227. He has decided before the world ever was to call us into this place. Why did he call us here? He called us here because he wants to destroy some yokes. He wants us to begin to fight for those that don't know how to fight for themselves. Evangel, why did God call us here? He called us here so we can go out and begin to minister to the single mother. So we can go out and begin to minister to the children in this community. Why did he bring us here? He brought us here so we can teach men how to fight. It's very interesting that there's so much power in this room, but God wants to take the power in this room and pour it out of this room so that people can say, what what must I do to be saved are you willing to fight evangelism Are you willing to say, God, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight for the next generation. God, I'm going to fight. I got a battle plan. My battle plan is I have on the full armor of God. My battle plan is worship. Watch this. My battle plan is being in community with other men. My battle plan is connecting together with other men and allowing them to see that I'm vulnerable. Allowing them to see that I get weak too. The battle plan is us as men in community, going out to our community and doing what? Seeing crack houses shut down. That's what I want to see y'all, that's why I came. Uh Uh-huh, yes I do, Uh uh-huh. I believe that God can do something so mighty that men would come in here and put guns on the altar. What are you fighting for? I believe that divorce papers will come on the altar. I believe that heroin needles will come on this altar. I don't know about you, but I'm fighting for a revival. A revival that the pimp and the prostitute can come in this place. A revival that the single mother can come here and receive the revelation and wisdom of God to be able to raise her family right. I don't know about you, but the man that comes home from prison can be able to come to this place and meet the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. What are you am fighting for. I'm fighting for Joshua's. I'm fighting for young men out there that don't know that they're Joshua's. That God wants to bring them in here to equip them to learn how to fight the good fight of faith. Are you willing to fight with me? Life is too short for us to not fight for this community. Everybody please stand. Father we pray now Come on, come on, every head bow, every eye closed. Father, we pray. You're fighting for this community, Lord, use us. You brought us here, God. Whisper to us. Come on, ask the Lord to whisper vision to you. Lord, whisper. Whisper. Come on. Ask the Lord. Lord, whisper to me. Speak to me, God. What are you saying to me in this community? What are you saying to me, Lord? What are you saying? What are you saying, God? Lord, you've given everyone in here a predestined plan. That you have ordained help us fight for come on I want to pray for the weak worshiper right now yeah. come on you you've had your hands up and now you're weak you've had your hands up but now you're weary and you would say pastor I just need prayer father I pray right now in the name of Jesus For the one that is so hurting right now, for the one that's battling secret warfare, but they feel like they're losing. God, I pray for the warrior right now that's dealing with things in the home. They're getting weak. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for those that have a battle on their job and they're getting weak. Father, I pray in Jesus name right now for the warrior whose hands are getting weary. Father, would you give them strength? Give him strength, Lord. Come on, with every head bow and every eye closed, nobody looking but me, I want to pray the prayer of salvation now. If you would say right now, I need to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior, we want to pray with you. Right now, perhaps you would say, I need to ask Jesus to come into my heart. If that's you, I want to pray with you, but I want to pray the prayer with you. Come on, everybody, repeat after me, say, "Lord Lord Jesus, come into my life. And save me I confess that I'm a sinner I need a savior Jesus I call on your name save me I believe that you died and you rose again you paid for my sin and you rose again to the newness of life for me thank you Jesus In Jesus' name, amen. Nobody looking. Come on, nobody looking but me. I just want to acknowledge the person, all the people. If that was your first time and you would say, Pastor, I've just received Jesus as my Savior. That was the first time I've ever prayed that. If that was the very first time, I want you to put your hand in the air. You say, that's the first time I've ever prayed that. Come on. If it's the first time, just wave at me. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank God that the whole house is saved. Come on, let's thank God. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. If you would say, I need a church home today, and you would say, I I need a church home. I want to be your pastor. The doors of the church are open. If you would say, I just need a place to call home. I want you to come down now. Look at somebody and say, is he talking to you? Come on, ask him. Say, is he talking to you? If so, I'll walk with you. Come on, look at somebody else. Say, is he talking to you right now? If so, I'll walk with you. Yeah, yeah. If you need a church home, we would love for Evangelion to be your church home. I'm not a perfect pastor. Amen. Amen. Is there anybody else? Come on! Is there anybody else? Come on! Is there someone else? Walk home, sister. Walk home. Is there anyone else? Walk home, my brother. Walk home. Walk home. Amen. Is there anyone else? Come on! Come on, my brother! Right here. Get him, please. Come on, anybody! The doors of the church are open. Come on! Please come. Please come. We're not a perfect church but we want to love you. I'm not a perfect pastor, but we want to love you. Come on, more are coming. Let's thank God, let's thank God. Come on, imagine. Come on. Come on. Come on. Anybody else that needs a church home? Amen, amen, I'm a little biased, but there's no church with the theological depth in this city like Evangel. I'm telling y'all, amen, this is a great church. We're not perfect, come on, come on, keep coming, come on, come on. We're not perfect, but we'll equip you, we will enrich you, we will empower you. Glory to God, glory to God. Come on, ministers, if you all can take them. Come on, ministers, can you take them where they need to go to get more information? Come on, pastor. Do you you know where you want to take them? That way? That way? Amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank God. Let's rejoice. Let's rejoice. Come on, evangel. I said, let's rejoice. Come on, evangel. Let's rejoice. Come on, evangel. Let's rejoice. Glory to God. time look at somebody and say it's giving time you can be seated in the presence of the Lord please prepare your gift as we sing this song together